This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is missionary Rob McIntosh. Now I need to ask y'all a question. Ask y'all a question. If you were part of a major multi-million dollar corporation and you had spent millions of dollars for over a hundred years, millions of dollars every year for over a hundred years, and you had less than a 10% return on your income, what would you do? Come on, what would you do? Would you cut that off? Would you shut that down? Would you believe that's what's been going on on the Navajo Nation? The first missionaries on the Navajo Nation came to what, uh, what's called a tribe right next to the Navajo Nation. They came to Laguna in 1849. But yet we have seen less than 10% of First Nations people come to the uh, saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Why? What happened? Where was the breakdown? What was the problem? And uh, when I got there to the Navajo Nation, we started to ask those very hard questions. Where did things fail? Where is it broken? And I, I couldn't, you know, I started to, to piece these puzzles together. And if, if you go to the uh, Bridging the Gap Ministries online, you can see these, these things. So we have seven core values that are part of Bridging the Gap. And there's a story behind every one of these seven core values that I want to share with you today to give you some sort of picture of what our ministry is like. The first core value that we have is we teach biblical truth, not personal preferences or personal convictions. And a good Baptist like me, that was hard. It really was. I had things I felt these people needed to know, and I had things they needed to learn to live by, and they had to figure this out, and I was more than happy to tell them. But then I came to realize that's all our people ever got was people's personal convictions and personal preferences. You know, the Bible in uh, Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Then you look all the way over in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. It says, You are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. The word of God is light. Okay, it's a lamp. It's, it gives direction. And as, as a good Baptist pastor, I believe in the inerrancy of the Word of God. I believe that the Word of God will not return void. I believe that if we can teach the people what the Bible has to say, it will change their lives. The problem was our people weren't getting a diet of the Word of God. They were getting a diet of personal convictions and personal preferences. You know, we talk about the Word of God being a light on a hill that can't be hid. It wasn't long. One of our strategies in what we do there in Church Rock was to 
to not build a building and take more from the people. White men have been taking from our people for far too long, so our goal was to not take from the people, but to give back. So we went to one of the family members who opened the door and asked us to come there if we could meet in their community center. We just wanted a place to meet, a place to do Bible study. Okay, it's their building, it's, it's theirs. We just want to do a Bible study there. And the Bible study turned into a church service. Well, a couple Sundays we showed up and someone in the family had decided they were going to have a birthday party during church. And they decided they were going to do this and that. And, and that wasn't going over too well. Well, a couple of the elders got together who talked to a couple other family members and they wrote a decree that from that day forward, on Sunday morning, that building was church. No other events were to take place. And we've been meeting there ever since. We put a nice floor down, changed the doors, fixed the lights, put in heat, put in air conditioning. And this year, a church family came out and put a whole new roof on the building. Now, it's still their building. We could show up one Sunday and the elders decide we're not going to meet there anymore. I highly doubt that's going to happen. But the light of the gospel has now moved into that community. Everyone in that community, all 300, can walk to church any given Sunday. No driving. We don't have to worry about snow. I have to worry about snow because I have to drive. But our church family, they can just walk. And we have elders that walk every single Sunday. So the, the truth, the biblical truth, is our, our passion. Not personal preferences or personal convictions. Because they've gotten enough of that. Number two thing. Number two core value, you don't know what you don't know. One Sunday morning, I'm preaching away, and I'm, man, I'm, I'm, I'm hammering, and I'm going along good. And, and one of the ladies raised up her hand, and she said, Pastor, what is forgiveness? Now, I can understand that coming from some people. But this lady was baptized at First Indian Baptist Church some years earlier. She had no idea what forgiveness was. As my jaw is dropping off the floor, and she goes, what is I'm sorry? Because we don't say that either. And then from the back of the room, another lady raises her hand. And, and while you're telling us what those words mean, what is love? I said, what do you mean? Well, we're not allowed to use the word love in our language. We don't, we don't say that. Now, some of this could be regionally driven, but the reality is this. Our people have heard the gospel, for God so loved the world, and they have no idea what love is. They've heard 1 John 1, 9, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Meanwhile, they have no idea what that is. Matter of fact, in Navajo, uh, and I have looked, and I have looked, and I have looked, and there's huge debates on whether there's even a word in Navajo that translates into forgive. I've got an interlinear back there, and you can look that verse up. 
I, it, I struggle with it. So how do our people know that God forgave them if they don't know what forgive is? And you wonder why we've only reached less than 10% of the Navajo people. Our third value is American conservatism is not biblical truth. Not biblical, American conservatism is not biblical truth. And this is a challenge. This is a huge challenge because um, there's a born, bred, wed, white, and blue American. That's an easy thing to do. But it's not biblical truth. Matter of fact, one of the biggest challenges I have in our community is we live right across the street from one of the boarding schools. And there's a man in our church who, when I talk to him about getting baptized, amazing testimony on how God gave him victory over alcohol and his faith in Jesus has brought him so far and how he has gotten so far uh, and how he has grown. But when we talk about baptized, Pastor, I don't want to get baptized. I've been baptized more than you. Growing up in the boarding school, he was baptized every year in a different church. No idea what it means. No idea what it's about. But he was forced to do it over and over again by the same people who made him stand outside in attention in the sun for eight hours for speaking Navajo. While his uncle was one of the original 29 code talkers to help write the original code in Navajo. That's the love of Jesus that our people have experienced. Just because something is different doesn't make it wrong. In 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 14, you see the story there of a felon named David, the king, who was so elated in victory and in bringing the tabernacle back to the people that he danced. There's some discussion on on exactly how much clothes he was wearing. But he danced in joy and honor. Now, coming up in the circles that I did, we didn't do a whole lot of dancing in church. And I struggled with that for a while. But our people know how to dance and worship. They know how to dance in joy. They, we had a church service where we had a, a ring dance in our church where the whole family came together and danced in joy. Guess what? Just because it's different doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong. We have taken our own personal convictions and values and, and, and said, and our own personal preferences and twisted them to the point where we've closed down the work of the Holy Spirit in people's lives. One of my regular philosophies is it's not about how we worship, but who do we worship? It's not about how we sing, but who do we sing to? It's not about how we pray, but who do we pray to? There's a, another value that I'm, I'm going to skip over, letting the Holy Spirit do His work. We mentioned that in our newsletter, which I hope you all had a chance to read, and you've been hearing about it on Sunday. So we're just going to go to the next one, is celebrate, learn, and respect 
the culture. Build cultural bridges, not walls. Not long after I got there, I had a lady come to me and say she hadn't wanted no part of our church. None at all. If you look in Acts chapter 17, the Apostle Paul is walking through Athens and he's looking at all their statues to all their gods and he could have unloaded on them for, for worshiping and having all these false gods, couldn't he have? The master politician, the perfect preacher, he could have let him have it. But he said he did this thing. He said, oh, I see your God. Your, your idol to the unknown God. Let me tell you who he is. And he stopped. And he told them about the God who died on the cross. He told them about the Jesus who loved them. And instead of tearing their culture down and tearing them apart and tearing them, tearing them limb to limb, he told them about the God who loved them. And that brings us to the last point. Love above all. Love until the people ask why. John chapter 13, and I'm just going to read that passage and we're going to call it good. John chapter 13, verses 34 through 35. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this you shall know all men that you are my disciples, that you love one another. Our people heard rules and regulations. Our people heard guidelines. They heard what they're not supposed to do, what they're not supposed to say, where they're not supposed to go. They heard they had to cut their hair and change their names. And they heard that God loved them. But all they saw was, you don't like me. I had a pastor there I was working with, and he was asking, why don't my people ever come and visit me? I said, because your gospel presentation is this. Jesus loves you, but I don't like you. So our goal in our ministry is love. Love and our, tell our people ask why. We help provide firewood, food, and clothes. We help pay utilities when things get bad. We help when hardship comes. Over the past three years, I've done more funerals than I can count. We have loved. And that love has opened doors. And I'm going to close with this story. Juan, a man in our church came, and he came, and he had a dream. And he goes, Pastor, in my dream, the missionary team came, and they got out of their white van, and they told me about the Jesus way. And I heard the Jesus way, and I knew I had to follow the Jesus way. So I decided to follow the Jesus way. But then they got back in their van and drove away. He goes, I felt like a piece of tumbleweed on the prairie being blown here and there to and fro with no idea what the truth was. And that 
is why we're in New Mexico. And hopefully, Lord willing, by God's grace, our people will no longer be tumbleweed, but trees firmly rooted in the Word of God. You listen to missionary Rob McIntosh. For more information, visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.